<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. A Dear Media original podcast. Yo, what is up, my wine people? Welcome to Wine Face, where we're breaking down everything the experts know about wine in a fun, digestible, and accessible way because wine is for enjoying and wine is for everyone. I'm your host, Helen Johannesson from Helen's Wines in beautiful Los Angeles, California. And today we are starting phase one of a multi-phase project, which doesn't make any sense. But anyway, I want to get deeper and deeper with you all talking about winemakers, their vineyards, visiting them, going on a tour. Maybe y'all want to come on a tour with me, but no, let's back it up. And we're going to start with the 101, which is something that's very important. And actually, nobody talked to me about it before I went on my first visit is vineyard etiquette and visiting a winemaker etiquette, because I think this is really, really, really important. So let's get one thing straight. There are two different ways to experience going and visiting a winemaker. And I think a majority of the people go to a tasting room. And a tasting room could either be at the location where they're making the wine. It could be at one of the vineyards or a tasting room is sort of in a town nearby or near other little tasting rooms. The experience of a tasting room is 100% for the customer. So it is for the average person to go and taste through a lineup of wine. And then the end goal would be that they then sign up for the wine club or buy that wine. And that experience is awesome. I would say that experience is different than what I'm going to talk about today. I do think when it comes to etiquette of those experiences, like usually, you know, it's treat everyone with respect accept the size of your tasting pour. You know, it's not just about getting drunk. And you should also keep in mind, the more you drink, the less you're going to be able to discern how different things taste. And I have heard of so many people ending up with so much wine that they then hate being shipped to their house. So just beware. And tasting rooms are super fun. But I remember the first time I went to visit a winemaker and I was just like incredibly nervous. I felt like I was stepping into someone's sacred studio space. I felt like I was going to say the wrong thing. I was going to lean on the wrong post. I was going to break something. And these are like very rustic spaces. So I'm not even entirely sure why I felt that way, but I did. And I think it's pretty normal for everybody to feel that way. You feel vulnerable and you just 
especially if there's a language barrier, you maybe don't speak the same language or their English isn't very good or your French isn't very good, or you decided to wear white sneakers and that was a huge mistake. Well, that was something that actually happened to me. I wore white sneakers. I was like, I look so cute. I'm going to this like vineyard visit and I just ruined the shoes, but that's okay. Lessons learned. So it starts with what to wear. So how you get into this situation, if you're not someone like me, who's a buyer. So I can very easily get into the situation of going to visit the winemaker at their house or in their vineyard or in their cellar, which is where the wine is aging and where they blend and taste the wine because I'm a buyer. And as a buyer, people will invite me to go all over the world. And it's been really amazing. I've been so grateful because you get to go see firsthand all this stuff that you've been tasting and talking about and selling. So it's really, really exquisite. But if you were a person in the world who wanted to go, I believe there are some ways that you can. And this is not like a guaranteed thing. It's not like I listened to Wine Face and she said I could do it. So let me into your personal sanctuary. It would start with like a very polite and humble email to the winemaker which you can usually get from their website. And I think that you start there and you ask for a seller tour and a vineyard tour if their vineyards are near their seller and you offer to pay. Okay, so I've never paid when I went, but you do offer to compensate them for their time. I don't think any of this should be expected to be free, especially if the winemaker is taking time out of their day to you know, tour you around and sort of give you a sneak peek behind the velvet curtain. First, let's back it up. What to wear? You should wear like boots. You should wear, you know, rain boots, boots you don't care about getting dirty, muddy, because cellars are usually dirt floors or if not dirt gravel, or they're just not like a pristine tile floor unless you're at Ravino and Chablis. And that that cellar was very clean. You could eat off the floor. It was almost disturbing. I was like, what's happening here? But then it makes sense when you taste the wines. You're like, they're so like on the nose. All right. So wear some boots. Be comfortable because you're going to be standing for a long time. And you should definitely bring layers. So cellars are typically much colder. They're going to be 45 to 55 degrees. And depending on the time of year, it could be even colder. So even if it's summer, you don't want to roll in there in a tank top. Maybe you run hot, but I would at least wear some sort of sweater on top. Okay, so how it begins is you go meet the winemaker. Handshakes, eye contact, all of this is so important. And the idea is that you are going to get a glimpse into their unique artistic process of how they're approaching winemaking and what is their artistic craft. So usually these visits will start with a seller tour. And on a seller tour is when you may have the opportunity to taste wine from the barrels as they're aging. So this is wine that's not ready to drink. It actually hasn't even been put into bottle and they will bring some out and have everybody taste. It's an unfinished wine though. So barrel sampling is very cool sort of insight into what a winemaker is doing to kind of judge where's the wine at, how is it aging, when do I bottle it? Because these decisions aren't just like written down in a manual. It's all 
a very specific to that individual and how they want to portray themselves. One important thing is to think about spitting versus drinking. So I know I mentioned tasting rooms in the beginning and tasting rooms, people are just slamming the wine back. But when you're doing a cellar tour and you're there with the winemaker, I do think it's polite to spit most of the wine out, especially if you're doing barrel samples. It's not necessarily wine you would want to drink. So taste and spit is the proper etiquette for when you're on the cellar tour. Also, it's not like they're just going to be popping open bottles of wine for you as you're on this tour. It's also producer to producers dependent, but I think a lot of times people look at my life, my job. I'm just partying all the time, tasting wine. Woo! Just like YOLO. And maybe they think that's what being a winemaker's like. And there are moments of that for sure, but it's 100% not only that. So I just think everyone should go into this with a little bit more of a scholastic mentality. So during a seller tour, what the winemaker is going to want to explain to you is their philosophy. So how do they approach making wine? What is their mantra, basically? What is their ethos? What is their mission statement? And the questions that you might want to ask is, how is the vintage? What is your terroir like? And these are all little nuggety questions that could crack open a gold mine of information that would only help layer in your knowledge. I like to ask winemakers, like, what kind of wine do you like to drink? What do you drink on a Saturday night when it's just you? Do you drink mostly your own wine or do you drink friends' wines or do you drink wines from all over the world? I also think finding out about their terroir and the vineyard as it relates to the grapes that they're growing is incredibly interesting as well. When you get into so much of the technical stuff, like, you know, you could ask, like, do you use any sulfur? But I also think that that question might come across as a little bit accusatory if you ask it right away, because so many people believe that sulfur is a negative thing when actually sometimes it's just a fact of life. It's better to kind of approach the winemaker with like, what are your farming practices and ethos in the cellar? When I went to visit Gina, who's the winemaker of Lady of the Sunshine, she first took me to her Chana Vineyard that's in San Luis Obispo or just outside of it in slow, I guess, as people in California say. And it was really cool because she was showing me all of the biodynamic preparations she had been doing in order to get that vineyard certified as biodynamic. She was doing all of this composting and she was preparing teas, like literally teas that you feed to the vineyards to get the soil and that terroir into like an extra special jazzy place. So I really do think that when you're going to specific winemaker, do a little bit of research so that you have questions that will kind of ignite a more interesting conversation. I will say the hardest one I've ever been to was when I went to visit Julien Altabert in France and I was with Molly Kelly and homie doesn't speak any English. And it was like, we didn't really speak French. So for an hour, we just listened to him speak to us in French and like kind of got it, but like mostly didn't. But still, honestly, one of my most favorite experiences of winemaker visits, I think, to date. And it was really cute. Like his kids had drawn all these pictures on the barrels with chalk. I don't know. It was just like incredibly lovely. And I think the good thing to understand is that just be polite, but there are no dumb questions. So you might be like, oh, this is so obvious, but 
it's not. If you're lucky enough to then segue from a seller tour into a vineyard tour, this is also when the shoes are important. You want to make sure that you ask permission to walk in between the vines, that you understand what the boundaries of where you can walk are and not. Everybody assumes that you can just get in there and get that romantic shot of like, hey, it's me in the middle of a vineyard down this corridor of vines. And like some winemakers don't really want you to stand anywhere sort of along those vineyard rows. So with that in mind, just it's not all a rom-com, y'all. It's literally not a rom-com. I think the biggest thing to assess, and this is where you're kind of going to need to tap into your emotional intelligence, is how long do you stay? Because I think in the best case scenario, you've like really bonded with the winemaker. And after both of the tours, they're like, come and sit and like, let me open a bottle of wine and I'll bring you these amazing cheeses and snacks. And like, yo, that straight up does happen. And it's really amazing. And then you end up staying for like six hours and you're like, what is time? What is life? Like, this is the only thing that matters. But I think there's also a scenario where this is part of their work. They have other things to do and they want you to go. I would say two hours tops. And at that point, you can ask if, you know, there's an ability for you to buy some bottles of wine from them. It might be at that point that they're like, oh, if you want to sit down and you can buy some, you can drink and you can hang out. But I would say that is the ultimate vineyard etiquette from A to Z. One thing that a lot of people don't even think about, you know, I get like a bazillion emails. Okay. A bazillion isn't even a number, but I get several emails throughout the year about like, I'm going to Italy. Where should I go? Or like, I'm going to France. Send me a list of vineyards. And I think this is very fun and very cool. And I think winemakers do want you to visit them, but there are some times of year that maybe they don't want you to come visit. And these specifically would be a lot of people take time off during the summer. But now the picking season has come earlier and earlier. And some people are really starting to harvest in August, which means that when a winemaker goes into harvest, they definitely don't want you to come and visit. Their work is too demanding. It's too busy. And it's incredibly time sensitive. So I think you really got to know that usually sometime around mid-August through October, I would say are more off-limit times because the sheer volume of work that has to happen from picking the grapes to then getting them to the cellar facility, crushing, fermenting, like however they're going to process them, and then getting them all settled into the cellar is an astronomical amount of work and you just need to be respectful. A lot of people think the best time to visit is when nobody wants to, which is like January, February, March. These are all great times because it's a little bit slower. There's not much happening in the vineyard for the winemaker. Like the vines are kind of dormant. They're asleep. And they're also the wines are just aging in the cellar. So I do think it is really important to get outside of ourselves and be cognizant about the work cycles and needs of this totally, you know, new industry to yourself that you want to get to know that you don't know that much about. So yeah, that would be the blackout dates. And I think the best way to jump into this, because I think it can feel pretty intimidating, is depending on where you live, start with a winemaker you love that's probably slightly easy and attainable for you to go to. You know, I would 
not make the trip and then schedule the appointment after the fact if this is the whole point of you going. I would say if there's someone you're really passionate about visiting, you really need to plead your case because I honestly would say the motivation to just have random strangers over is not going to be very high. And also join some of these folks' wine clubs. It's really important to support the winemaker directly, especially if they're making wine in the United States. So this is the first toe dip about vineyard etiquette and what to do and also not do when you want to go visit a winemaker and when you want to have a certain level of an experience. I'm really excited this year to also talk about specific vineyard trips and winemaker trips that you could organize for yourself and where they are and what would a cool road trip be, especially here in California. So I'm excited to also share that with you. And please keep in mind, not every winemaker is going to be open to a visit. And it's not about you. It's just some people are private and personal and they just don't want to entertain or tour or have someone in their private space. So I think it's always really, really important to keep that in mind. All right. Thank you so much for listening to Etiquette of Visiting a Winemaker. I hope maybe one day we can all do it together. Wouldn't that just be delightful? I'm planting these seeds so maybe they grow into trees, y'all. If you want to always get to know some of our favorite winemakers, you can go to our website, helenswines.com, where we have a current selection of all the wines we're super into. You can also join the wine club, helenswines.com backslash club. And in the wine club, I always curate winemakers I'm obsessed with. And a lot of them have visited, which I always write about in the notes. Or you can follow us on Instagram at Helen's Wines, where I hope in 2023, I'm going to be visiting a good amount of winemakers because COVID kind of shut that down. So we're back, baby. Thanks for listening. Bye.